be talking to Serena Chenault, who's a professional family assistant. Serena has been at her current position for six years and has over 20 years of childcare experience, two years teaching and 18 years as a professional nanny family assistant. She has been able to put her certifications to good use over the, over the years. Serena is also a financial coach. She enjoys spending her days listening to the latest money podcasts or audiobooks on personal finance. However, it's helping someone set a budget and achieve a goal that gets her up in the morning. By focusing on having a game plan for their money, Serena helps clients budget and set achievable goals for their money concerns. Hi, Serena. Um, can you please share a bit about yourself and how you got into financial planning? Um, I'm a professional family assistant at the moment. I've been a nanny slash professional uh, family assistant for 20 years. Uh, well, 18. For two years, I taught elementary school. Before that, I was I had a lot of different career options. I tried to have an antique store for like three years. Okay. I was an auctioneer. Um, wow. I had craft fair boots that you've probably been to yes. here in California. I assume you've been to those. Yes. Um, so I, and then I went to back to college because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I failed at the antique store. It's really hard to open oh, a business I'm if sure you don't have a lot of capital to plow into it. Yes. But I decided I need more education. <laughs> and I went yep. back to school and decided to become a teacher because I love children. I've been babysitting since the age of 12, but I'm not going to count all those decades of babysitting <laughs> as childcare. <laughs> I count when I was, you know, W2. <laughs> good. When you're 12 years old, I don't count. Yeah. <laughs> no, not a good idea. All but, right. Uh, and so you went I grew up teacher. listening to, um, I don't know if you know who Susie Orman is. Yes, I do know who she is. So I watched her television show with my late father, and it was like, he would give me little nuggets of advice as we watched and it was, you know, stuck. Yes. <laughs> and after you have a failed business, you keep your eye on your money because you're yeah. like, you need to know all this stuff yes. and you don't know what you don't know until exactly. you know it. So it's hard to just, it's much easier now with the internet and YouTube, you can deep dive and like go into a subject really deep if you have the interest. Yeah. and. I decided I wanted to, as a little side business, help coach people with their money because I'm, I don't want to brag. I'm really, I'm decent with my money. I, I know what's going in. I know what's coming out. I know where I'm putting it. And when you know where you're putting your money, it's so much easier to control it. Like yes. it's not in the budget to go to Disney world today. <laughs> so exactly. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and I, I think the whole budgeting thing seems scary to people but in reality it's not that hard I mean it's just tracking what's coming in and how you're spending it exactly and you have to you have to have the priorities that you care about in your written down if you write it down it's so much easier to track it yes. you know it and then you know it's like oh I had five hundred dollars what happened to it 
Oh, I put 40 in the gas tank. I spent 40 at the restaurant. Oh, I bought a shampoo. If you have it written down, you know where your money went and you're not like, I don't know. It's just gone. Yeah. Do you think that actually physically writing down with a pen or using an app is different? I actually do both because I like to track it weekly because I'm, I really want to know where everything is. And I get paid weekly. So on Friday, when I get paid, I write down my income. I write down the um, outgo because I charge everything because I want to get points. And I don't, I never carry a balance. So every week I look at my charges and then I write, okay, for food, I spent $75. For gas, I spent $55. For, and I keep track of it in a log. So I kind of know where my money is. And I- and as, as I get paid, automation is your friend. Mm-hmm. So my paycheck hits Friday. Friday, it, I money goes out for mm-hmm. my retirement plan, for my savings plan, for my mini goals. Like I have a goal to get a new car. I really want a new car, but I don't need a new car. So I'm saving up. So in four or five years, when my car dies, mm-hmm. I can buy a new car yeah. and pay cash and not have a payment. I hate payments. I'm yeah. debt free. I have no payments except my monthly bills. Perfect. So for for nannies who maybe you know are struggling because they get paid maybe once a week just like you and then they have all of these expenses and potentially they have, you know, debt to pay off as well. What would you advise them to do if they're struggling to come up with how to save for retirement? Well, a budget is key because you need to know where you're at. If you're oblivious and you're just paying minimums, you're never going to get out of the hole. Mm -hmm. My mom would sometimes say, stop digging, step back, take a look. You know, you, you need to know, maybe I need to get a second job. I, I, for years I had two, three, at one point I had four jobs Yeah, and you just need and when you're working that hard, you're like, I'm not going to waste 30 bucks on this because it took me five hours to make that. Uh, I was a waitress at one point. So <laughs> uh, for years, for like seven years, I was a waitress on top of another job and going to college. Right. So, and you have to, you have to look at the return on your investment. Is it costing me to get to this job. It's not worth it. Then I need something closer. I need to move. I need to change something. I moved during the pandemic because it didn't make sense for me to stay where I was renting. I found a place that was very comparable. My, my commute added four minutes and I saved $400 a month. Wow. That's a smart move. If you got to keep your eyes open. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good advice. And then I know, I, I mean, I see a lot of um chats in the different nanny groups about retirement and choosing between an IRA and a Roth IRA which one is better in terms of taxes it depends on your situation okay so if you are middle income to high income and you think you're going to stay there it's much better to do a Roth because when you take the money out it's tax free so it grows with no 
I have a Roth and I have an IRA. I have both because at one point I needed an IRA and then I needed a Roth. So when you put the money in a Roth, you've already paid taxes on it. Mm-hmm. So it grows tax-free and when you take it out, it's tax-free. An IRA, you get a deduction on your taxes. And then when you take the money out, they tax it again. So in most cases, it's better to have a Roth IRA or a combination Mm -hmm. so that you have the option when you retire, you're like, okay, I need some earned income, but not a lot. So you take 20,000 out of your regular IRA and the rest out of your Roth Mm -hmm. because of the way the healthcare system is going. Like when I retire, I don't know. I might take, do that. That's my plan kind of. It just depends on the way they change the tax system. Okay. And what's your advice if nannies have an employer who's offering a 401k and maybe even a matching? You need to take that free money, free money, take it. You're never going to get it anywhere else. And I advocate for nannies to try to get some kind of retirement with their contracts because on every nanny job I've gotten, I've included some form of retirement Mm -hmm. and And it's helped me. I know when I when I first started working as a nanny, which was a long, long time ago, um, I used to get paid weekly. I was a live in nanny, so I didn't really have that many expenses. So I would just I decided that I would live off of one week's wages and three weeks wages would go into my savings and my retirement. And I and I continued to do that until I stopped living in. And then in that case, then obviously my expenses grew. So I had to actually take more money than a week's wages. But that's how I started putting money aside. And then over time, then obviously when, once I moved to the States, because there, there is no 401k that I know of in the UK uh, or in Europe. But once I came to the States and there was a 401k, I obviously took advantage of that. Um, and then if employers were contributing, you know, it was even better. But I, I see a lot of younger people saying, yes, I have it, but I'm not going to contribute to it because I'm young. Oh, and when you're young is the best time to yeah. contribute. So it has more time to grow. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of scales on the internet that you can go look up. If you start saving when you're 20, you only have to save a couple hundred a month versus if you wait till you're 40, it's thousands a month. Mm-hmm. So it's much better. The earlier you start, the better it is. The less debt you have, the better it is. There's a book I love called The Nine Steps to Financial Freedom, which this is blurring out. It's by Susie Orman. Okay. The Nine Steps to Financial Freedom. And in there, she kind of explains the breakdown of why credit cards are bad Mm -hmm. if you carry a balance. Yes. So the best thing is to try to have the least amount of debt. Like if you're in debt, you need to be this is a Dave Ramsey-ism, gazelle intense. You need to get rid of that. If you have to work an extra job for three months to be debt-free, mm-hmm. totally worth it. Because the dread is, debt is dragging you down. Yeah. If you have your income and you don't owe anyone, you can save it. You can decide yeah. to splurge and go to Europe. You can, you can allocate your money the way that you feel you want to spend it. It's not taken away by debt. Mm-hmm. And what is the difference between a 401k and an IRA? So a 401k is an employer sp- sponsor plan. Mm-hmm. So the employer, 
the employer, he contributes, he sets it up, it's in your name and you can contribute and you can manage it, but they, they instigate it. An IRA, there's two types. There's the Roth IRA and a regular IRA and they're individual retirement accounts. The IRA is kind of between you and the IRS. They, you both own it because they're going to get taxes out of it. Mm -hmm. So my IRA has, you know, 60 something thousand in it, but it's between me and the government. So I got to think, oh, I'm probably going to lose a third of that. Mm -hmm. My Roth IRA, I've already paid taxes on. It's growing interest-free. I have over a hundred grand in there and it's, it's going to keep growing. I need it to grow (laughs) because I don't want to work forever. (laughs) Right. And so if, can, can you have a 401k and a Roth IRA? Yes, you can have both. You can have, I have multiple streams of retirement that has money in it and it's growing. Okay. Fantastic. And if, if let's say a nanny's listening to you and says, okay, I have a hundred dollars a month that I know I can save. How should they plan on investing that $100 if they know nothing about finance? It's, it's very simple. You open up a Roth IRA, you have it automatically put in that account every month, and then you automatically buy the, the total stock market, VTI are a target date retirement fund and they balance it for you. So the closer you get to the end date, the less risk you have and the more bonds you have. So let's say you wanna retire in 2065, just put it in a target date retirement fund because they will, they will sell and buy and you don't have to worry about any tax implications because it's in a retirement account. So they're not going to charge you. They're not going to give you a distribution of dividends. And then you have to pay taxes on that. That's not going to happen because it's in the retirement bubble that protects it from taxes. Okay. And if, if let's say a a nanny has a let's say that they're scared, they open the IRA or the Roth IRA, and they don't know what they're doing. What's the best way for them to figure out what kind of bonds you just mentioned bonds? And, you know, what if they say, I don't want somebody else to control it, I want to do it myself. Okay, you are controlling it yourself. You're telling the account what you want to buy. So the account is like, Your IRA is a vault where you're putting money in, but you're not telling the money what to do. So you have to go in there and say, okay, I want to, I want to put this in a, I want to buy our Vanguard target date fund 2065. And then it'll buy those shares and it'll just accumulate. It'll pay dividend. What you want to do is you want to do drip. You want to directly redeposit the dividends so that it will keep growing. Okay. So if let's say you invested a thousand dollars and you made twenty dollars off of that, the money automatically, the twenty dollars automatically gets reinvested for it you. Buys more stock. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I think I think a lot of people get confused because they're like, okay, I've opened this account now. I have no idea what I'm doing and what happens, and I don't know. And then it and- just all stops. All the brokerage accounts, Vanguard, Fidelity, um, TD Ameritrade, I have accounts in each one of those. They all have very good like educational programs where you're like, 
how to buy a stock, how to buy a bond, how to buy the fund. So it's really simple if you're interested to go in there and click on there and watch a five minute video. Okay, I need to do this to buy a fund. I need to do this to make sure it reinvests the dividends instead of sitting in a um, cash in your account, not working for you. You want every penny working for you. And what would you say if, if an Annie says, okay, but I have a savings account. So I'm just putting my money in the savings account and then what I've got, I've got. A savings account is great. You need a savings account. You need an emergency fund and a savings account in case you need a root canal. Happened to me recently. New tires, things like that. You need to have extra cash. You want to quit because your boss wasn't treating you so well or cut your hours to practically nothing. You need to have an emergency fund so that you do not go in credit card debt. And that's awesome. Once your emergency fund, once you have six months to a year in an emergency fund, then you need to put your money to work because you're losing the value of the dollar because of taxes, inflation. Oh, yeah. Inflation is making your money worthless. It's worth, you can buy less. So you need that money to keep up with at least inflation. Mm -hmm. And the younger you are, the longer you have for your money to grow the less you have to worry about it being in the stock market because mm-hmm. it's been uh, proven if you have decades, if you buy not one stock, that's the thing. Don't buy one stock of like all Apple. I'm going to buy all Microsoft. No, no, no. You don't want to do that. You want a basket because overall the trajectory of the overall, all, overall market goes up. So you want to buy a, a balanced fund are a target date fund, are an index of the whole market, are the whole U.S. market, are the whole U.S. market, and a little bit of the whole world. So, yeah, that's what you want to do. All right. So take your money out of your savings once you've got a nice amount saved up to cover you for at least a year in case you have an emergency, and then take everything that's surplus and invest it either in an IRA or Roth IRA. Yes, definitely. But there are limits. You can only put this year uh, $6,500 in a Roth IRA, and then you can't put any more. You can't put it in a regular IRA or more in a Roth. That is the limit. So I can't put any more because I put January 3rd, I put $7,500 because I'm over 50. You can put an extra thousand if you're over 50. What if you you are 50? If you are 50, you can put $7,500. Okay. All right. Yeah, the catch-up amount. Because if you didn't do it when you were young, you yes. really need to do it when you're old. And are there any other, like we've spoken about 401k, Roth IRA and IRA. Are there any other things? Them? So I recently got on the I-bond craze. So I didn't realize what I-bonds were until like three years ago when they everyone started talking about them. So they are in, interest bonds that the government puts out you can only buy 10,000 a year and they every six months they reset their interest rate when I purchase and they change so your your interest changes every six months and you are locked in for a year without being able to touch it after a year you can get it out if you need to or you can just let it roll so the right now I think they're paying six percent interest which is better than a regular savings account 
So if you have a year of confidence, you could put some of your emergency fund in there, but only $10,000. So you, you go, does your bank do it or do you do it online? No, you have to do it through the government website. It's a really, really antiquated website. So <laughs> if everyone decides to do I bonds at once, it might crash, right. yeah. but it's, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, 20 year old government website they really need to update it but you have to connect your bank account to it it's it takes 10 minutes tops okay. and, and you, do you put the ten thousand all in at once or do you yeah. just you can do 25 dollars is the minimum okay so you can buy little i bonds okay but again every time you buy an i bond there's a one-year clock before you can get to that money okay. then after from two to five years you can get to it but you lose three months interest it, but if you need to get to it, that's fine. Like my plan is to save this money to retirement. So I keep putting 10,000 in every year Okay, right. and it's calendar year. So okay. December 31st, you can do it. And then January 2nd or 1st or whenever it's open, you can do 10 more. Okay. All right. That's good to know. And if nannies want to reach you because they've watched this video and they love all the knowledge that you have and want to use your services, how can they reach you? Um, they can email me at uh, serenachenault at gmail.com. And I will spell that out and you can add it to the notes. I'm yes, sure I will add it to the notes. Yeah. And do you have like a website or um, Instagram? I, that? I do not. I'm not very technically uh, advanced. <laughs> Although I, yeah, not technically advanced at all. All right. Well, you're financially advanced. So that's a, that's a good thing. Austin, um, how can nannies save up for medical in, in emergencies or bills? So there's something called a HSA, a health savings account. You can open one through Fidelity. You have to qualify by having a high deductible medical plan insurance. But a lot of nannies I do, that's what they do. I know that's what they do because that's the cheapest way to get medical insurance. And you can save up to, they up the pre, they up, they up the amount. I believe it's $38.50 now that you can save every year and you can invest that money and you get a tax deduction for putting that money in an HSA. And then when you take the money out, if you take it out for a qualified medical expense, it's tax-free. Okay. So you can let that money grow. And when you're older, if something happens, you might have 20, 30, 40, $50,000 in a tax-free account for medical problems, our braces, our eyesight, it covers medical. So you don't have to use that money at the end, by the end of a year, but that money no, just, it rolls just over. It rolls over and you can invest it in a target date fund, just like in an IRA. It's like a bonus IRA because if you don't use it by the time you're 65 for medical accounts, they treat it like an IRA so that if you take money out, it does get taxed like a regular IRA because it was tax-free. Mm, interesting. So, What's the name of it again? It's a HSA, health savings account. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's very, very helpful. So we have another question. Um, how can nannies save up for medical in, in emergencies or bills? So there's something called a 
HSA, a health savings account. You can open one through Fidelity. You have to qualify by having a high deductible medical plan insurance. But a lot of nannies I do, that's what they do. I know that's what they do because that's the cheapest way to get medical insurance. And you can save up to, uh, they up the premium, they up, they up the amount. I believe it's $38.50 now that you can save every year and you can invest that money and you get a tax deduction for putting that money in an HSA. And then when you take the money out, if you take it out for a qualified medical expense, it's tax-free. Okay. So you can let that money grow. And when you're older, if something happens, you might have 20, 30, 40, $50,000 in a tax-free account for medical problems, our braces, our eyesight, it covers medical. So you don't have to use that money at the end, by the end of a year. That money no, just rolls it just, over. It rolls over and you can invest it in a target date fund, just like in an IRA. It's like a bonus IRA because if you don't use it by the time you're 65 for medical accounts, they treat it like an IRA so that if you take money out, it does get taxed like a regular IRA because it was tax-free. Mm, interesting. So, What's the name of it again? It's a HSA, health savings account. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's very, very helpful. Well, thank you so much for joining us and discussing financial planning with us. And we hope to have you back soon. Thank you. Enjoy. Have a good day, everyone.